reach for the sky, boy. Rolex work. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of Doing the Favor Podcast, Does Sports. I'm your host, Eric Brown. You can follow me on Twitter, Brown740. But, of course, always follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok by searching at Doing the Favor. With me, as always, we're not going to do the long intro, but he's the Portsmouth Spartan himself, my man, Barry Frost. Barry, how you doing, homie? Doing well. I I actually wanted to give you an intro tonight. Is that okay? Give me an intro. Yeah, just, just a little something to, you know, let the listeners know. Who okay. who you are? Okay. Uh, this man is. I'm your. I'm one of your hosts, Mr. Barry Frost. Joined tonight by the other hosts of the show, the Czar of the Salvation Army and Goodwill Pours, the Dictator of the Dollar Tree, the one and only, Mr. Eric Brown. Eric, how's it going tonight, brother? It's good now that I'm not in a Dollar Tree right now. I caught a little heat for that. That was fine. I I literally I thought today I was like I gotta call him the dictator of the Dollar Tree. I just you know I I, I going in there just makes my skin crawl. Goodwill's the worst. <laughs> I can't stand Goodwill. I just, hey, I just threw it in there, brother. You ever been to the Portsmouth Goodwill? That's a whole other level of like this is person a, going in there. Right. How to do community service in there once. Oh, <laughs> I was not happy. That's brutal. That's brutal. That's what just send me to jail. But <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> I, uh, I just got back from the softball field, Barry. We were supposed to have a doubleheader. We had one game tonight. Um, we lost twenty-five to twenty, but we had a we had a bigger loss. You know, our, our coach, Curtis, was rounded second base, and he heard a pop in his Achilles. Fucking Curtis. I was the first one out there, because obviously I'm the fastest one on the team, and he was way as a ghost. I had to carry him off the field. Like you carry him on the field. Like I, it was... Curtis... This goes out to you, dog. You're an average player, and you probably suffered a career-ending injury this evening, and I'm, I'm devastated. I, hopefully, you can still come and do the scorebook. Um, give me singles, give me doubles. You know where I hit, you know where I play. But that Achilles was not, was not cooperating. Curtis, the season's dedicated to you, dog. I'm going to hit 800 for you. The master of mediocrity, Tori's Achilles. It was sad. It was sad. I believe it. You know, like you said, he's an average average at best player. Hitting 250 in a, in a softball league. Right. Hitting 1,000 oh. on torn Achilles. 
Absolutely. No, I don't. I don't want to make jokes. I legitimately felt bad for the dude. That's my biggest fear going out there. I'm 41 years old now. Um, I mean, I'm not the average 41 year old, obviously. Right. right. But I am that age. Father Time's undefeated, and he struck again this evening. Uh, think about Curtis. He's at the hospital now. Yes. And hopefully, uh. It all works out, and we'll we'll see you next week when you keep score. Yeah, the ice he, cold obvi- pitchers. he obviously doesn't uh, take care of himself as like you invest money into your body, you know, to prepare yourself for a, a longer chambers, personal trainers, um, double workout, morning work, evening workout, uh, watch the diet, pre-ordered meals, five hundred swings off the tee a day. I got yeah. Lily feed me soft toss in the backyard. And and this this young man, Curtis, uh, who suffered, he does none of that. You know, he's, he's yeah, eating I mean, pizza, drinking beer. He's just not a top flight athlete like you. He's probably the most in shape person on the team. <laughs> but but I, I felt, I, I tell you what, man, when I went out there, obviously I broke out the four or five and went out there, saw him. And he was, I, when I carried on the field, that motherfucker had me in a headlock. He was hurting. But well, we lost 25 to 20. Uh, I went four for five, two doubles, two singles, five RBIs, uh, assist in the outfield, threw a guy out at second, and caught two fly balls. I did my part. And carried your coach off the field. Carried my coach off the field as well, yes. <sighs> it was a devastating loss, obviously, to the well, team. Here's what I know. I know that you want to hear about that one out that I got. I was getting ready to ask. They were playing. So we had a little bit inclement weather this evening. We are supposed to play doubleheader. We only played one. Had a little bit of rain. Strong winds blowing out. Okay. So what happened was, uh, I'm like, I'm, I'm going yard. Mother Nature wants me to go yard here. She's on my side. Pitcher was not on my side. He threw a ball uh, outside when I should have just taken my single double to right field, right center field, because I'm that dude. I can, you know, you, you don't put a shift on me. You play me straight away. You put a shift on me, I'm going to find that hole. You put that second base on the other side of second base, I'm going to, that's a, you're giving me a single. Right. You know what I mean? Well, when I saw the wind blowing out, I'm thinking yard work. Dude gives me an outside pitch. I just I spun on it just a little bit too soon. Caught just underneath the, the lower half of the ball warning track. Mm. And I was like, you know what? I feel like my team needs me today. If I come up with the, I was the first that was the first I was the first batter of the game, leadoff, obviously. I said, you know what, that's that's unacceptable. I need I need hits. My team needs me to get hits. Was able to come up with the runners in scoring position. Should have had probably seven RBIs. We have a lot of guys on our team that are fucking slow, that don't run, right. that don't think about that next base mentality. Guys that have probably never won anything in their lives. Right. So they don't know what it takes to sell out. They saw a guy tear his Achilles. You know what? You have two good Achilles. Curtis only has one. Right. And he's and you're still not doing what you, you're not doing what you can hold off the field. Yeah. He's still hobbled he, off the field. Curtis made me take a shoe off after the game, which I thought was a terrible idea. Right, yeah. 
Like, <laughs> like I'm not, not a doctor at all. Not a good idea. Not touching your fucking foot. But I did. Because he asked me to. And I was like, well, we'll see what happens. Because, you know, it's not my foot. Right. And you want to feel the Achilles rolled up. You know, but it was it was a hell of a day. We lost 25 to 20. The team we played was uh, a lot younger. They had uniforms. That's always scary. Oh, when you go out, when you go out on the softball field and you see a team with uniforms, and you're like, they're serious about the competition. Base, today. The first baseman had a first baseman's mitt. So they they uh, are probably just out of high school, maybe out of college. Exactly. They all played organized yeah. ball. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Speaking of uh, organized ball and unorganized ball, I promised everybody a story. Absolutely. And this is from when we play, I played, I'm sorry, for the Portsmouth Dodgers in the Shout Roy out. Hobbs in the Roy Hobbs League, probably circa 2003, I'm going to say. Okay. Now, the these leagues are fun. They're great. If you get into men's leagues, it was fantastic. Uniforms were awesome. They had the LA hats. Awesome. You know, it was it was dope, right? Problem was a lot of times when you get on these teams, you got to know somebody who asks you to be on, that type of thing. But the guy who organizes it is what um, – I'm going to use one of Brian Breaker's terms here. They're, he's a dreamer. Oh. Which we talk about guys show up to wrestling camp, right? And, you know, they, they, they think they're going to be one thing and they don't know the business and they can't make it or whatever, whatever. But they're, they're fans of it on TV, but they've never executed it in real life. Right. That's what this particular coach was. He was – um. He was a redhead fella. Not going to attack redhead fellas. I was going to say easy now. But he played center field and batted himself leadoff. Never played organized ball in his life. Monster Reds fan. Also made the lineup every day. Uh, We had no pitchers. None. We had – the thing about the Roy Hobbs League in Portsmouth, Ohio, is there's a lot of – a lot of recreational drug use going on in the dugout. The facts. And Barry can speak to this because he grew up there. <laughs> so you're talking about your normal marijuana, you're talking about your cocaine, and obviously a lot of pills. Yeah. The problem lies is when the pills aren't there. A lot of your best pitchers or position players can't perform up to par because they're busy withdrawing. On the field. On the field. <laughs> Which they I mean, not a pill head, not a drug addict, you know what I mean? Might be a little hungover from time to time, but that's about it. I was our number one pitcher. Cool, whatever. Got a little fastball, I can move it either either side. Got a little rinky dink curveball, <laughs> got a little circle change. Threw the curveball a lot. A lot. A lot of curveballs. That was easily my best pitch. The problem was the guy who made the lineup that said Dreamer played with his heels on the fence in center field. Just ridiculously deep. So I would throw a curveball. Nice curveball. They'd get under it. Routine fly ball to center. Would drop down for a hit because old boy has no talent playing center field with his heels on the fence. What was his name? I don't remember. I I think he was from Kentucky, I want to say. Oh. But I don't remember his name. But the thing was with this dickhead was he made the pitching changes because he was the coach, right? So, you know, after 
I want to say uh, rough inning, gave up a couple runs, had runners, maybe bases loaded, at least two runners on. One out, maybe, if I want to say, looking back, was not any chance of getting out of the inning right away. I hear, and I'm throwing a beautiful inning, by the way. Routine fly ball is just dropping in front of this dude the entire <laughs> inning. So all of a sudden, I step on the rubber to take my signs. I hear time. Who the fuck's calling? I'm, I'm pitching. Who's calling time? I look back. I see this dickhead running in from center field. As soon as he hits the grass on the other side of second base, he puts his hand out asking for the ball. He's going to yank me. It's a winnable game at this point, and I am absolutely fucking fuming on the mound. And Barry, you know me. You know me Love very well. You know Love. how I'm livid on the mound. Every time a ball drops in front of this motherfucker, I am irate. Bitch at the third baseman, bitch at the catcher, bitch at the umpire. Whoever wants can hear me. I am bitching about this motherfucker. So then he comes, the guy who basically is costing us runs, and the reason we're still on the field is now coming in to yank me. So I tell him to get his ass back out in fucking center field. That's right. No, no, get your fucking ass back out there right now is exactly what I said to him. I remember it vividly. And you know him, you know, you know how it is down there. He wasn't going to be told what to do. Right. Eric, give me the ball. Fuck you. Get your fucking ass back out there in a nice playable position in center <laughs> field, please. I mean, you're going 0 for 4 every day, batting yourself lead off. <laughs> the least you can do is just play. I mean, and I would play positions and tell him to move in all the time. He never would. He was so scared of getting burned, I guess. I don't know. Or he just, you know, never played baseball in his life and didn't stand. But his favorite player was Eric Davis growing up, so he wanted to play fucking center field for the goddamn Portsmouth Dodgers. So after a, a back and forth or a lot of fuck yous are being exchanged, he comes to the mound and makes hint, Eric give me the fucking ball. So I threw the motherfucker into center field. <laughs> told his ass to go fucking get it. To which they brought in a third base in the pitch, and I walked in third base. And I'm telling you what, we got to the dugout after that inning. I, 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 was, I, I tried to fight him. I tried to fight this man in the dugout. Because he was running his mouth. I was fine, right? But he starts popping off about showing him up on the field. The reason we're in this mess is because you would not fucking step up 20 goddamn feet to play. Uh, it gets my, just thinking about it makes me mad. I can see it. But yeah, I, I I I did. I tried to fight a man in the dugout, and he deserved it, obviously. You know, people are coming in from the field in Portsmouth. They're lighting up their cigarettes. They're lighting up their joints. Well, everybody's <laughs> getting settled in to hit. You know, they've been in the field for twelve minutes without nicotine or weed. They got to come back in the dugout and re up. You know what I mean? Right. Or, get refreshed. I, it was just, it was a whole fucking scene. But that was normal. That was a normal occurrence out in the Roy Hobbs League in Portsmouth, Ohio. That was the day I tried to fight my coach. I may have gotten ran from a game one time for right. arguing balls for arguing balls and strikes as a hitter. With a Apparently, umpire. Well, this is in the Schultz Creek. This was the Schultz Creek Bearcats in South Shore, Kentucky, on a field that some dude built. Do you even know this field exists, by the way? 
in South Shore? Yeah. Where it's is in it the at? woods. Okay. Yeah, probably not then. You go through the main part of town, then you drive a couple back roads, you're in the woods, there's a little convenience store back there, then boom, across the street's a fucking baseball field with chicken wire for a fence in the outfield. That's right. But umpire rang me up on a ball that was probably a foot outside, let it go, whatever shit happens, did it again, uh, threw my helmet to the dugout, drew a line where the ball was pitched, probably about a foot off the plate, called him a motherfucker, got tossed, um, yeah, was bitching, was screaming the entire time off the field, was showing my ass the entire time to the car. And I was, was very hung over that day, too, by the way. Yeah, and that was beautiful. It was it was just, that's what had to be done that day. But this is a normal occurrence down in the baseball leagues in Southern Ohio. What I did, what I told you guys just now might seem like dress, like, oh, my God, Eric has a temper. Very mild compared to the other shit that was going <laughs> right, on. Right. Very fucking mild. <laughs> so, I mean, it's. It, it, that was an experience. I'll have more stories next week, obviously, but those are the two I got for you this week when I got thrown out and when I tried to fight my coach. Yeah, well, the and I'll just go do mine now before we get into everything, but uh, mine's basketball story, and this will take you into basically all sports get fucking wild down there. And yeah. this is, uh, we just called him Crazy Dave. That, and that was his name. Um, his... He was like a referee. He was a basketball referee, high school. Um, and he played ball down at the uh, courts, right by the, the dorms where you used to live. And his girlfriend was a cross country. So a, a tiny girl, very right. small. Um, and just very weird, man. So, and you've seen it in person. When I shoot the ball... It, it's not the normal shot. Well, Larry, if you guys can picture more of a Larry Bird set shot where he's not really jumping, but the ball is going almost behind his fucking head. It's definitely a high release. And with his um, width, it's very hard to get to the ball. So he, and like I said, he's like a basketball fucking study guy. So he comes up to me. I'm just down there shooting. Me and uh, Josh. And he says, uh, can you do me a favor? And I'm like, yeah, to what? He says, can you just shoot for a little bit? I want to watch you shoot because I've never seen anything like it. So I'm like, yeah, no problem. I'm shooting anyway. So I'm shooting. 20 minutes go by and he says, I, your ball has three different rotations. He says, it starts out sideways and, it, and then it goes forward and then somehow it spins back and goes in. He goes, I, I don't know what the fuck. And he's asking me to show him the grip, all this shit. And just weird shit. And I'm like, eh, you know, whatever. I can't do it slow. Uh, so his girlfriend shows up. And he's like, let's play two on two. Me and Josh against him and his girlfriend. And we're playing. Everything's fucking normal. And what happens is we are legitimately two feet. May I mean two, maybe three feet away from each other. He's driving down the lane and he fucking hurls a fucking two-handed chest pass right into his fucking girlfriend's nose. I mean, a two-handed 
bullet fucking chest pass into his girlfriend's nose from two feet away. Typical. Okay. Yeah. And blood. There, I mean, there's some blood. Uh, she begins to cry, and yeah. Dave begins to literally blister her ass for crying. What the fuck are you crying about? And I'm like, dude, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, you just hit a girl in the face from two, two feet away with a bullet. And me and Dave, uh, me and Crazy Dave had some fucking uh, words, you know. And at that time, like I said, this is around the same time there. Uh, my ego, and and I'm sure you were the same way, was off the fucking charts. Yes. Okay. Uh, there were many better players than me, but you could not outshoot me, and that was what I lived by. That was the fucking, that was the code. It didn't matter who the fuck it was, you weren't a better shooter than I was. Uh, me and Dave... It starts getting boom, boom, and he takes her and leaves as she is still crying, blood flow. And this motherfucker just thought that she was the biggest puss because she she cried because he busts her in the fucking face from two feet away and bitched at her for crying. I mean, that's yeah. the the type of motherfuckers you're dealing with down there that it's just not okay. <laughs> That was normal fucking behavior in Portsmouth, though. Every day was a fucking story. It's on and on and on. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, your boy's going to be at the NFL draft tomorrow. I'm excited. Well, I guess today, whenever you guys listen to this, first round of the NFL draft, I will be there. I'll be doing live videos. I'll be doing everything I can to get you guys what, what I'm seeing. Uh, I have the NFL draft experience ticket. So that's a free ticket. It's like there's a space set up. So I won't be on the stage. So those seats were like $1,000. They're expecting $50,000 apparently. I am fully vaccinated, by the way. But I'll be going to the uh, – basically there's a lot of like um, vendors and shit like that, right? Yeah. There's a panini vendor, by the way. Okay. So I'm hoping to have a big come up tomorrow on cards if I can. Get but the they are having an area, out. I guess, just off the stage where they're letting a certain amount of people in who are fully vaccinated. So you got to show a picture of your card or whatever. So I'm hoping to get in on that. Yeah. So I'll be there in my Nick Chubb jersey. Uh, yeah, man, going to the draft. I'm, I'm, I've never, obviously, never been to the draft. It's kind of a bucket list thing. I feel like this opportunity doesn't come around often. The ticket was free. So stars lined up and. Tomorrow, man. Yeah, I'm. I've never been either. I'm excited uh, to hear from you of of what it's like, what's the experience. Uh, hopefully, you get to meet some of the players. If, if who's, I don't know who's showing up. Who's going to be? Yeah, there. I don't know who's showing up. I think there's going to be a, like the draft experience. I think a lot of families are going to be around there. Is what I've been told. I don't. I have no fucking idea. I don't know what to expect at all. I'm going to go up early, uh, take in Cleveland a little bit, get myself something nice to eat myself some good parking maybe do a little bit of shopping and then because i'm going up with a group of dudes like what it was they got like five tickets and somebody backed out so they asked me if i wanted to go type thing so yeah awesome but they're all staying in a hotel they're gonna be there friday as well Ooh. i'm just going for fucking thursday i'll be right. driving back middle of the night middle of the night tomorrow night 
Thursday night, night of the draft, whatever. But I'm very excited. Uh, a lot of drama with the draft this year. The Browns picked 26. So obviously being in Cleveland, normally we have a fucking high pick, you know, hiring a GM, hiring a coach, all that shit. This is the most stability I've seen a Cleveland Browns team have in the offseason since I came back, or since they came back in 1999. So that's that's a beautiful thing. Uh, right now, I feel like the big storyline is the quarterbacks, though. Yeah. Big storyline. So pretty much cemented right now is you have Trevor Lawrence going one, Zach Wilson going two. Then after that, what are the 49ers, are the 49ers going to do at three? They traded up. They, they, big, big payment. And also, there's a rumor going on the internet right now that the Patriots are about to acquire Jimmy G. Uh, uh, well, uh, Bridgewater got traded today to the Broncos yes. as well. Yes. Um, the odds, I guess, the because it was supposed to be Mac Jones going three. The odds have changed now, and Justin Fields is the odds-on favorite to go three. Really? Yes. You know, my question is, and this, I talked about this last week, what the fuck is up with those odds? Like, how do the odds change? Does somebody know something? Is it an insider? Because I know, like, the, the odds always change. Like, you know, when Mac Jones had his pro day, yeah, he shot up, right? But then when Justin Fields had his pro day, the second one, he shot up. Yeah. And now we got this thing that Justin Fields has epilepsy. I never heard that. Well, that he Justin Fields has epilepsy, but he's probably going to grow out of it. He's going to grow out of it. I I don't I don't I'm not I don't know anything about epilepsy. I'm not going <laughs> to fucking pretend to. I'm, that's the first time I've ever heard that. I've been a diehard fan of this quarterback since the moment he stepped foot in Columbus. I've never heard that. It, it just baffles my mind. I feel like you saw that mock draft of Chris Sims where he had him going. He had Justin Fields going 32 to uh, Tampa. Yeah. That's that's I mean, I don't understand the Justin Fields hate like but these same people want to like talk about Mac Jones. I, 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 I'm not going to get so how I wanna, I'm not going to get how I want to get here. But imagine Mac Jones, who has two DUIs and is built like a bag of milk. Imagine if that was Justin Fields, exemplary student, exemplary mind, exemplary worker, exemplary player. I don't, I don't get it. I don't fucking get it at all. And if the 49ers gave up all that draft capital to move up to three to basically sidestep from Jimmy G over to Mac Jones, I really don't get it. So right now, and I'm, I mean, I'm just on my deal here, but, uh, Trevor Lawrence is a minus 10,000 favorite to go number one. So that means you bet $10,000 to win a dollar. Okay. Um, the second overall draft pick, um, where is he? Zach Wilson is a minus 5,000 to go second. Third, the odds have now changed back to Mac Jones, but he is just a minus 333. Trey, what is it? Trey Lance is a plus two hundred. That's another one. Just spit my drink thinking about it. <laughs> Trey Lance took last year off, basically. Yeah. So, uh, and Justin Fields is plus four hundred. So but they just, really 
some people were willing to slip the, the, down. People were willing to break the bank on an unproven guy who took last year off at a one double A school. But they want to find every reason they can to back to bash Justin Fields because of a what a release, some kind of work ethic issue. Which I, I listen. I live Barry. I live 15 minutes from the Woody Hayes Center, where these motherfuckers work out every single day. I listen to Sports Talk Radio in Columbus every single day. They cover Ohio State football 365 days a year. It's the number one business around here. All this stuff they're saying about him, I have literally never fucking heard. And and that's true. He lives very – I get ill anytime I get near his house. It's just an overwhelming sickness comes over me. So you're looking, you're looking at Jacksonville going one Lawrence – Jets going to Wilson. Then you got the 49ers, Falcons, and Bengals. I feel like it's a really pivotal point in the draft. 49ers are going to take a quarterback. You don't trade yeah, up. Yeah. You don't trade up all that much. Give up. Give up what they gave up to not take a quarterback. Falcons are a huge wild card for me. Huge wild card. For yeah. Me. Do you keep uh, Matt Ryan? Do you take a quarterback? Do you take Kyle Pitts? Jamar uh, Chase. Well, I don't think they take a receiver just because I feel like they have Ridley. Well, there's also talk of them shopping Julio right now. Yeah, I've heard that. Which, as a Browns fan, I'm terrified he's going to end up in Baltimore. Mm. Well, even then, I mean, Lamar would have to be able to get him the ball, which I, you know, I'm not, this is a bash fest, whatever. Um, The Bengals are very interesting in this draft. Yeah. I think they're very interesting. Now, they have got to find a way. And I, I, I played softball tonight, bunch of Bengals fans on my team. We were all talking about the dugout, whatever, whatever. They all want Jamar Chase at five. All of them. No. Yeah. I was like, what about Sewell? Oh, you know, you can get you get lined in the second round, third round. I mean. Not of that caliber. And Browns, Joe Burrow. Yeah. Not not to cut you off, but Joe Burrow showed he he's the real deal. Yes. Like he impressed me. I wasn't sure about him. I was like, eh. And then seeing some of the shit he did, some of the throws he made, I was like, okay. And then they they have nobody to protect this dude, and he just took a fucking beating and ended up hurt. You can't let the franchise get fucking hurt because you won't draft nobody to protect him that's if you got all the weapons in the world but if he's not protected it don't fucking matter and even then i'm looking at like t higgins and tyler boyd you got great receivers on the outside already yeah you know what i mean i know it's sexy to add a jamar chase i know that's like very appealing to me and the browns had terrible quarterbacks for a lot of years terrible teams i feel bad for this individual we had the Browns had the best left tackle in the game for years. That's true. I've seen how important that is. He lives out here. I know he does. Yeah, <laughs> Joe Thomas, the man. Lives about thirty minutes from me. No shit. Yeah. Le- I legitimately, like I bet he's got minutes. a palatial estate. It's fucking nice. Yeah. My, and uh, he actually had a a, a kid I know, uh, not a kid, but he's. 21 now 20 uh come out there and deer hunt and shit and 
uh, I guess he's a cool fucking guy. Like, yeah. the nicest guy you can meet, so. Everything you ever hear, but yeah, I mean, brother deserves all of it, by the way. Yeah. My goodness. He went through first, it. <laughs> first ballot Hall of Famer and only played on one winning team. They, yeah. didn't, they didn't make the playoffs. But I feel like the Bengals, very pivotal in this draft. Um, Dolphins, picking six. They got that pick from Philadelphia. Philadelphia tanks the end of the season just to trade out of six. I know you love that. Fucking dicks. Uh, you know, everybody loves Devontae Smith there. Did you see how much he weighed? No, what's he weigh? He come in like One, James Harden? 165. Oof. Tiny. That's a little guy. That's a concern, I feel yeah. like. But he was phenomenal. And, and then, I mean, the quarterbacks is the big thing here to me. And we saw that Denver just acquired Teddy Bridgewater today. I don't think that means shitola as far as, like, their impact on, like, who they're going to draft. So I think they're pretty much out on Drew Locke. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to if you're going to a training camp with an open with an open quarterback competition of Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater, you're already starting off with the wrong foot. I was in, Bridgewater wins that hands down. I don't think Drew Locke's even and Bridgewater's not great, but he's fucking head and shoulders above fucking exactly. Drew Locke. He's gonna at least give you a chance, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's, He's like what I would like. There's like elite. There's great. There's good. There's serviceable. I feel like he falls in that serviceable category. It's like, magic. Boom. Well, Fitzmatic's in 32 a win. Well, yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying because he's gonna keep throwing. He don't give a fuck. But I feel like, I feel like the Panthers. I feel like the Lions should take a hard look at basically what's left of the quarterbacks. Probably Fields. I tell you what, I'm looking at the Bears at 20. They need to sell the farm to trade up to get in that top 10. They might. Imagine Justin Fields on the Bears. I mean, I know, I know, like, I'm, this is very pro Justin Fields podcast. And even though you fucking hate Ohio State, you've been pro Justin Fields throughout this entire process. Yeah. yeah. I think you get a steal. My fear is that Justin falls to 24 to the Steelers. I don't, I honestly, I don't think he's going to be there that long. I mean, Barry, look outside the top 10, the Giants at 11, uh, Eagles at 12. Are they in the quarterback conversation as far as the draft? No. No? Giants are taking Parsons or they're going to take one of the Bama receivers. Uh, That's what I've been told. Chargers, no. Vikings, are they drafting a quarterback? They fucking should. Goddamn Kirk Cousins is old. Uh, the Patriots, we talked about them looking to acquire Jimmy G. Cardinals, no. Raiders, no. Dolphins, no. Washington football team. That, well, let me tell you. Did you see who they signed? I, no. I feel absolutely fucking terrible for whoever's playing quarterback at that motherfucker. Because the legendary... The great, and I can say this because I've seen the sorry motherfucker play for years for the Giants, and I begged and pleaded, please get him the fuck out of town. Eric Flowers is back in Washington, and that's beautiful because this motherfucker couldn't block me because he just don't care. 
He's there okay. for a check. He's there for a check. So we named all these teams. Next yeah. up, we have Washington team 19. At 20, the Bears. Yeah. No way in hell Justin Fields should get past this. Right? Uh, no. Like I said, I, I think they he... should turn up and go, and go after him. Uh, uh, man, got... I'm telling you, I've seen uh, – I can't remember. I don't know where I've seen it, but they – somebody like a pro fucking 49ers deal was like they specifically traded up to take Justin Fields. I would – I mean, I cannot imagine a world where they take bag of milk Mac Jones ahead of Justin Fields. Listen, so who's got the number one pick? Uh, the uh, Jaguars Urban Meyer. Okay These motherfuckers are legitimately Going to take Trevor Lawrence Number one Yeah This That is fucking terrible And I and I'm Give me heat whatever fuck you want If this motherfucker Or if this man Is a fucking Stud hole anything In the NFL Fucking, I will, I don't even know what, I'll refute my Giants. I liked his backup better. I know, hot take, I'm sorry. I'm not a fan, and but I think he is going to be a bust. We're going to keep going down the list here. The Colts at 21, not looking for a quarterback. Titans at no. 22, not looking for a quarterback, I'm guessing, right? Yeah, no. They Jets, keep- no, they already drafted theirs. Steelers, I don't see Justin Fields getting past 20. That. Uh, I don't know if he gets past, man, if he gets out of the top 15, I'll be shocked. I'll be surprised if he gets out of the top 15. If if he gets out of the top 15, somebody, whoever takes him after that is a fucking steal. I mean, it's a steal. So it's, of course, the Browns pick at 26, not looking for a quarterback. That's amazing. <laughs> Fuck, we're having an offseason. We're like a normal NFL team. Who who are you guys looking at? Who who uh, would you like to see in that spot? So the Browns need to draft a linebacker. Okay. They really do. Uh, the name I keep coming up hearing is uh, the Collins kid out of Tulsa, Zaven Collins. Okay. But I would not be upset. If we drafted Jameen Davis out of Kentucky either. Okay. Like he's a really good player, a lot of speed, a lot of athleticism. And I mean, the Browns the need to get, yeah, the Browns need to get athletic yeah. at linebacker. Uh, well, you talk about SEC, Mac Wilson, trash. Yeah, but uh, I'm saying the competition they play. They've played better competition than Tulsa. If Greg Newsom falls to the Browns, I feel like it's a really tough pass. I feel like he has a chance to be an elite corner. I loved him a lot out of Northwestern. I'm by no means a draft guru at all, but I do watch a lot of football on Sundays. The talk has been Zayvon Collins the entire time. I don't see him falling to us. He's 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 a great player. I would I know that we have the edge, you know, with Clowney on the one year deal. We got Tack McKinley on the one year deal. Quitty pay from from uh, that school up north wouldn't be mad about either. 
It's like once he got to a team that had some, you know, good coaching, he would be fine. Really scared about what the Steelers are going to do at 24. Who do you think they take? <clears throat> my my nightmare well, is I know I know Justin Fields, but we'll say Fields Justin Fields, Najee Harris. Okay. Najee Harris is a nightmare. Because I've heard he's fell. I've also heard the Steelers love uh, Trey Sermon as a day two. Ooh, nice. So, yeah, if, I mean, I feel like the Steelers are going to be down next year the way things stand are now, the way things stand now, but a good draft can change a lot of that, brother. That it can, but you have, you still are going to have Big Ben back there. Yeah. He's got, you know, he's going to try to muster – you know, one more magical season. And then I think he, you know, he has to go. You felt he should have went this year, but I, I... I feel like he should have... Ben should be... Ben should have retired. I I proclaimed, and I... I after their loss, uh, his ego, or whatever, is not going to allow him to retire. It did not. Uh, so I think that is going to hinder the Steelers. Uh, to me, uh, the Browns are the odd. They're they're gonna have to try to lose the division. That's Baltimore's my, always tough. Baltimore can say what they want. Um, Baltimore, listen to quote you know uh, a, a famous coach in a basketball setting. Uh, you know Ray Lewis and Ed Reed ain't running out of that locker room. So. You know, that defense is suspect. I'm a firm believer that you can't not teach anybody to throw a football once you get to that level. Like, you either pick it up or you can do it or you can't type thing. And if Lamar Jackson grew up playing baseball, he would be the greatest quarterback of all time. Yeah, you've said that a lot on here. But he ran track. Oh, my God, Jake Cronenworth just mashed the ball. Uh, yeah, but he grew up playing track, running track, and it shows with his release. So I don't see him making that big step to where, like, once he's not able to run for – I mean, granted, the dude runs for 1,100 yards. He's scary back there. But eventually he's going to get hurt. Eventually he won't be able to run he's for 1,000 yards. He's going to get fucking hit, and then it's – oops – that now window, what? that window of him being able to run for that many yards is actively closing. Right. I'm, not rooting, against, got... I'm not rooting against Lamar, by the way. I actually like Lamar. Yeah. And I think that he's great for the game. Um, if he didn't play for the Ravens, I would probably love watching him play. I kind of catch myself <laughs> love watching him play now. <clears throat> Unanimous right. MVP. The guy's a great player, but his style just doesn't translate. It's it's a Mike Mike Vick, except Mike Vick could throw the fucking ball. And my, right. you know, to me, that's why I love fucking Michael Vick. Like his highlight reel is fucking insane. But to me, so Lamar, his what? So is his low light reel? Well, you know, but uh, come here. Low, so <laughs> he calls Axel and he's like, "Tell us, motherfucker." Uh, but no, Lamar to me has, I mean, and just like you said, his style of play. Three to four years before some bad shit starts. You know, because you're going to start, 
You're not even bad. Sh- not even bad shit, Barry. Just normal aging. Well, that's what I mean. You're going to where he can fucking run, run away from guys right now. Eventually, you're that's going to catch you. And some some kid, some youngster, is going to boom, and then it's all oh, fuck. There goes his leg. There goes his Achilles. There, you know, something happens, and then it's uh oh. Remember. Remember Lamar when he when he ran for that night? That's what people are going to say. Remember, mm-hmm. remember when? Remember when Lamar did that? He he can't do that anymore. He's going to have to stand there and throw the ball, and I don't know if he can do that. But the draft should be exciting. Yeah. I'm going to go live as much as I can. I'm sure me and you will be in constant communication the entire time. I'll I'm probably messing with you because you're going to have better access to – Twitter, the internet, rumors, and things like that that I obviously want. Of what's happening, yeah. Exactly. But, well, you want to talk about anything else? Anything else you got? Well, fuck yeah. The, the Indians on a winning streak. Playing decent. They got their shit pushed in today. They did. They they took an L today? 10-2. to two. They gave up a bunch of home runs. Oof. Almost throwing batting practice. Uh, Acuna, he's uh, we talked about it yesterday. He had a 481 foot fucking bomb. That guy is a freak. Um, there's very serious, I think, pressure from him as assuming the best player in the game mantle for Mike Trout. Oh, he's that good. He is disgustingly good. He's one of my favorite players to watch. I love well-rounded athletes. I love well-rounded baseball players. I like guys that hit for power, hit for average, steal bases, good defense, good throwing arm. He checks every single box. He is an absolute freak show. He is a pleasure to watch play. I feel like people's kids are going to ask their dads, what was Ronald Acuna like to watch play? Yeah, that could happen. He's that Um, good. Uh, Jacob DeGrom uh, tied Nolan Ryan's record for most strikeouts through the first five starts of a season. Uh, he finished tonight's Wednesday night start with nine strikeouts over six innings to run his five game total to 59 strikeouts and five starts. I'm going to give you three pitchers. Go for it. You can only pick one to start a game. Jacob DeGrom, Garrett Cole, Shane Bieber. Mm. Oof. Yeah, I you know, I I love Jacob DeGrom though. That's, I think you gotta go to DeGrom. I think he's the, he's the best pitcher in the world. That's my that's I'm I'm big on him. I am. Um I was just reading. And Shane Bieber's a freak. The other two guys we named I named right there are absolute freaks. And and this happened to him tonight. He he did all that and losing one to nothing. Mm. Um, they just that's, that's baseball though. They don't score runs for him. Uh, it was his thirty third career start. Uh, his third in twenty twenty one, in which he allowed one runner fewer and failed to win. I mean that's, that's fucking sad. Statistic. That is the most in the major leagues since he since two thousand and fourteen. I mean, that's fucking... The dude's made 81 career starts of six-plus innings in which he has allowed no more than one run, 
and only picked up 48 wins in 81 starts of giving up one run. That is fucking insane. I mean, it, man, you feel bad for those guys, though. And like we talked about Shane Bieber earlier this season, this dude's striking out fucking everybody and, and can't pick up a win because right. they can't score for him. Right. Oh. Well, the Mets should be good. Indians, I, I said this before the season, what this was going to be. And that's come to fruition. I look like a prophet. It is what it is. They're not going to be able to score. They're going to have trouble scoring runs all year long. It just, that's it. That's where we're at. Um, moving on here, uh, Bryce Harper takes a 97-mile-an-hour fastball to the grill. <sighs> Off of Janice uh, Cabrera. Now does, does he? Now he wears the extension on his helmet that covers up his mouth a little bit, so he didn't get it flushed, right? He got it, uh, took it to the nose, busted oh. his nose. Yeah, says uh, Harper walked off the field on his own accord, displaying some blood on the left side of his nose. It was Cabrera's first uh, pitch in the sixth inning, and then Cabrera went ahead and hit the best shortstop in the game, D.D. Gregorius. Uh, and leading to warnings for both benches. Fucking mess. Don't throw baseballs at people's heads. Uh, Barry, I want to talk about one more thing before I get out of here. Go for it, bro. So CBSSports.com, which I think they just put up an absolute clickbait article today. I'm, I guess I'm doing the same thing by giving them the fucking steam. But they listed their... Uh, Top NFL draft bust for each team. So, let me see who the Giants was real quick. I know who the Browns was, and I think it's wrong and hysterical on so many levels. Tim Couch? It was Tim. The Giants' biggest draft bust. Good Lord. Offensive lineman Jim Hicks, number three overall, 1974. I don't know Jimmy Hicks, man. That's that's that a before, that's a deep cut. That's before all time. That's a deep cut. The Browns was you hit the nail on the head. Tim Couch. Yeah. Tim Couch doesn't even make the fucking Mount Rushmore of draft bust for the Cleveland Browns. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> Tim Couch didn't play terrible. Tim Couch played on terrible fucking teams. The guy yeah. after him, remember who that was, Barry? The 2000 number one overall pick? No, you can't remember he was such a bust. Courtney Brown. Okay, yeah. Courtney Brown, draft bust. Let's talk about Justin Gilbert, number eight overall. Let's talk about Johnny Manziel. Now, I know that Tim Couch was number one overall, and the reasoning on those lists was like, well, they passed on McNabb. Did you think Don McNabb was going to come in and dominate in that Brown situation? With right. Chris Palmer as the head coach, Dwight Clark as the GM? No, Donovan went with Andy Reid and balled out. Went to NFC Championship games. T.O. T.O., all that shit. He wasn't doing that in Cleveland. No. No. No way in hell. Not with, not with those teams. So I feel like Tim Couch gets a bad rap there. But the Browns' list of draft busts is 
Look at Trent Richardson. Yeah. That's he was a draft bad. bust for two teams. Right. <laughs> yeah. Colts traded a first-round pick for him. Oof. He was trash halfway through his second season. I list, I said Johnny Justin Gilbert. I said Johnny Manziel. Brady Quinn, turd. Brandon Whedon, turd. I can go on and on and on and on and on. So I feel like Tim Couch gets gets a bad rap here. But he is not the Browns' biggest draft bust ever. I but think that would that would probably go to that would probably go to uh, Johnny. Johnny, he had a lot of fucking. At least hype. Tim Couch experienced some success. He his numbers like in high school, whatever he threw because he was in Kentucky. He got to play uh, from what seventh grade on. Yeah. He was a starter, so he got six years of eligibility. The OJ Mayo thing, where yeah, Kentucky, you can play uh, varsity sports in seventh grade and Back West then, Virginia and do. West Virginia. Okay, yeah, that's why they all go to Huntington Prep. So, what like with OJ Mayo, he won two titles in Ohio, one in Kentucky. And that was when OJ Mayo in, and Bill Walker went to Huntington Prep and Patrick could, Patterson and Patrick. They Patterson. all they traveled because they could play varsity in fucking eighth grade. Moving on to the draft bus. Uh, Carolina Panthers, Red Carruth. Eesh, that Oof. was talk about Oof. the Minnesota Vikings taking Troy Williamson number seven overall. Wow. What year was that? Two thousand five. He was not good at all. No. Uh, Lions, Andre Ware at seven. Dolphins dealing. Dion Jordan, number three overall. I don't even know who the fuck that is. That was in 2013. Good Lord. Colossal failure in the league. <laughs> A lot of these are older. Lawrence Phillips to the Rams, number six overall. Ooh, I remember him. Yeah. The, the funny thing about that was... Uh, was that Nebraska? Well, the Ravens had, I believe, the number four pick. Yeah. And Art Modell wanted to take Phillips, Ozzie Newsome pushed and won for Jonathan Ogden. Hall of Famer. No shit. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to tee you up one last one before we get off the air here. Okay. Indianapolis Colts, number four overall in 1982, Arch Sleister. Oh. LT. I believe he's in jail right now for gambling. <laughs> he went 0-6 to the starter, completed 45% of his passes for 1,006 yards, Three touchdowns and 11 picks. Ooh. Released, released from a, because of a gambling addiction in 1985. L- uh, they had a big not thing. Ohio State, not Ohio State's best moment with him. No. Uh, but they had a thing for LT. Um, talk about the Giants drafted that this week or whatever, for, uh, 30 years, 40 years ago, whatever. They drafted LT. As uh, you know, the goat, defensive greatest of all time. Shout out LT. Did you? Well, actually, did you know that uh, Patrick Mahomes is going to be at the Kansas Speedway this weekend? Did you know that LT had a house in New Jersey where nobody was allowed to wear clothes, and there was bowls of cocaine in each room with porn playing on big screen TVs in every single room. And the only time he would ever leave, he would put on a trench coat and flip-flops and go get McDonald's for everybody. 
why are you bringing up old shit? LT, <laughs> That's all LT I got. I'm done. A, I'm LT done. is a changed man. I'm, in, I'm ending on that right there. I'm you done. Know? I don't appreciate uh, none of that. But yeah, man, I hope you have a great time tomorrow at the draft. Uh, like I said, that's going to be an awesome experience. Uh, yeah, so enjoy the hell out of that, man. Um, but yeah, so thank everybody for listening. You can follow me on Twitter at bfrost28. Eric, drop the credentials, sir. You can follow me on Twitter at ericbrown740, but of course, always follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok by searching at doing a favor. Wherever you get your podcast, whether it be Apple, iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, Google Play, search at Doing a Favor, rate, review, subscribe. We really appreciate it. Go to doingafavor.com, links to all our merch, past episodes, articles, all that good stuff. Thank you guys all so much that listen, support us. I will go live from the draft tomorrow. It's going to be dope. Doing the Favor does drafting. Absolutely. And with that, good night and God bless. It goes one, two, three into the foe. Erica Barrier up with ETF and that's for show. If you don't come correct, you get your ass full. So take a minute and chill until the next episode. Doing the favor, always bringing the heat. That's why Barry got your girl doing legwork in the sheets. My dude Eric holding down for the streets. Them Ohio players got the ears to the beat. Gotta say that we appreciate the time Whether you're on the job or trying to unwind Just a few more days until we're back live Shit, we'll be your lifeline I know you feel me on the mic with the flavor Let it marinate in something to savor We ball so hard, this is a layoff Until the next time, doing the favor Yeah, doing the favor Doing the favor. Uh, doing the favor. Until next time, doing the favor.